Chapter 13 The Color Cave I had not thought about it, but where would these elves get all the color they needed to make their beautiful toys? I had seen the flakes of color that the elves used in their magic. Tossed into the swirling light, they added just the right amount of color in just the right spots to make any boy or girl smile. As we entered the building, bright piles of pigment set all around the room. Elves were busy filling and labeling bags. As had been true in the other shops, they were happily singing. Greens and reds, blue they said, pile the color higher. Don't be shy, pile it high, which one do you desire? In the bag we must brag, we make the toys much brighter. Colored dust is a must, it is so much lighter. But in the cave we must be brave, for it is dark and lonely. And when they prowl, our monsters growl, for they are rather homely. As they ended their song, a giggle broke out among the elves of the color room. I looked around this fascinating place. Everywhere there was color. I walked past piles of emerald green, red as deep as an apple skin, and blue for which a sky could only wish. Still, I had no idea from where the colors came. Finway motioned me to the back of the shop. There I saw large openings into the side of the mountain. Wheel tracks cut into the ground led deep inside the cave. Finway began to enter, motioning us to follow. The tunnel, well lit by a large gathering of fairies that flew above and all around us, soon split into several paths. We veered towards the right. The dank smell of wet earth poured forth upon a cool, damp breeze. The tunnels here are long and deep, with turns and deadly drops. Finway said, be sure to stay within the light and never, never stop. As the fairy lights glistened off the walls, colors began to radiate. Emeralds of green stuck out like jagged ice. Blue sapphire lit up the walls. My hands, like metal to a magnet, touched the shining stones. I peered closer, my stunned reflection looking back from their depths. As I gazed, my image began to dim until soon I was standing in darkness. As I came to my senses, I realized I was alone in the gloom. I called out, Finway, Finola, their names echoing down the dark tunnel. I thought I glimpsed a dot of light ahead and began to run towards what I hoped was a fairy. I could see the glow just beyond, but then suddenly there were two lights, one to the left and one to the right. Again, I called out to my friends, the strange echo stretching their names in an eerie musical verse. I chose the path to the left and continued my quest. On and on I ran until the darkness swallowed me into its cavernous belly. I felt for the edge of the wall and sat, exhausted and alone. As I waited, the air settled heavy around me. Somewhere in the distance, water trickled down a split in the rock. Fear began to take hold of my heart. I sat listening in the stillness. Off in the cavern, 
I heard a strange sound. It was low and quiet at first, but as time went on it became clearer. A gravelly tune floated up from the depths. As if a bear could sing, this growling song played its way closer. Still no light by which to see. I could only tell that the creature was coming nearer by the animal sounds it made. Suddenly those also stopped. As I sat straining my ears and eyes into the night, I imagined the worst. From out of nowhere, a rough scaly hand grabbed the back of my shirt. I was tossed up in the air, landing on some sort of rock debris. Fear gripped my tongue as I sat silent on the hard stone. Slowly I began to move. Back up the tunnel, I bounced upon this bed of shale. The growling song returned as if it had only been interrupted to gather in some lost debris. Trickles of daybreak began to dance upon the floor and walls in front of me, until soon the full light of midday was upon me. I found that I sat not in a garbage heap of waste, but like a king upon a bed of sapphires. As I turned to catch a glimpse of my rescuer, I found a dwarf-like old man, much smaller than myself, standing before me. He wore a tall cone-shaped hat upon his head. His clothes were plain and drab. He was quite a contrast to the fancy elves. His face was aged with years and burrowed deep with wrinkles. He had a large round nose, beady dark eyes, and everywhere, white hair. Rangy white hair grew from under his hat. Upon his forehead, bushy white eyebrows sprouted like moss on a fallen log. Around his tiny pink mouth, a long white beard and mustache hid the remainder of his face. <clears throat> he growled. Out you go! I tumbled upon a massive pile of blue gems. Instantly I knew that I had just met a tonti, a gnome. As he left, I could see that he was pushing a cart that was nearly three times his size. He did not seem bothered by his heavy task. As the Tanti rolled his cart back into the tunnel, Finway and Finola emerged from within. They ran to where I sat. Finola grabbed me closely and wiped away the small tear that still clung to my eyes from my frightening ordeal. Fin Finway must have sensed my confusion. I can see you are perplexed and puzzled by this news, he observed. A gnome you did not expect filling this one's shoes. He was certainly right about that. My grandfather was a great reader and shared with me many tales of elves and gnomes, but never did I expect to meet one. Gnomes, they are important in all the work we do, Finway continued. Gems and colors, they know well, and heal the animals too. Here they mine for iron ore, rocks and other gems. I was beginning to understand these gems that were so valuable to others were the source of the pigment for the brightly painted toys. Then we sort the color out, he continued, but couldn't without them, for they are true stone cutters and wield a mighty pick, which sorts the color from the rock and breaks both thin and thick. It amazed me that the creatures so modest in size could mine, cart, and carry the weight of these rocks. 
I learned only later how strong and resourceful these fine people truly were. Thinway snapped me from my thoughts. Enough of these old lessons. Fun is what we need, he said. Finola may not like it, but fun is just my creed. Finola put up a brief protest, but agreed to go along. We headed back into the color room. Thinway asked the other elves for bags of colored chips. With a wink, they gave him several filled with brilliant pigments. We ran to catch up as Finway hurried out into the snow and cold. As we walked outside, there before us was a miniature springtime village sculpted in ice. Undersized, glass-like homes and shops lined a narrow road. In the middle of this quaint town, a crystal park appeared, filled with leaf-covered trees, rippled streams, and beautiful springtime flowers. Within its border, a pond glistened in full daylight as ice children stood frozen in moments of play. Where did this come from? Finola asked excitedly as she ran her fingers over the sculpted ice. Oh, I had some extra time, came Finway's casual reply. And so this for you I made. I know my prank was thoughtless. You're hurt the price I paid. The look on Finola's face left scarcely a doubt that Finway had hit his mark. Again, he had proven himself to be an amazing elf. Finway tossed each of us a bag of colored chips. On the count of three, my friends, throw some in the air, he said. My magic beams will do the rest that all around can share. I heard the count as if I were in a dream. One! I had seen so much today that was so hard to believe. Two! I was in a strange, incredible new world with two extraordinary friends, and I had never been happier in my life. Three! As I reached in my bag for chips of color, I thought of my grandfather, and I hoped he was watching. Into the air, colors went from all sides. Finway's magic light shot out around the scene. The pigments began to swirl above and around us, and then, like painted dust, fell down into the ice-carved village. It was a scene straight out of make-believe as the hamlet came to life with brilliant color. The stream's blue water seemed to flow through its enchanted home. Cottages sprang to life with light as fairies burrowed within the windows. From the trees, green leaves burst forth in a spring rebirth. Flowers followed as their yellow and red petals painted the day with life. The children in their bright new clothes played along the stream. On the sculpted tree, now full of color and life, a red heart with an arrow piercing it was carved into the trunk. Finola and Finway were written on either side.